0: Welcome to the Shakti Hour, a podcast on the Be Here Now Network, where I speak with women about their personal experience on the spiritual path. I'm Melanie, and today I'm speaking with a wonderful teacher who is part of the Yoga Glow network of teachers. Her name is Joe Tatsula, and this conversation was very deep and personal I'm so grateful to her for her sharing honestly about her own experience with the death of her mother and the passing from one phase of life into the next and the evolution of her own spiritual understanding and practice and teaching. I found this Interview to be a big turning point for me in listening to the conversations that are evolving here on the Shakti Hour among many different women on the spiritual path and what that means for us to share with one another and to put these stories into the public view or on the audio, the public ear. And I really found it super helpful in talking with Joe to just see the value of each of our Struggles, triumphs, insights, understandings, our personal experience, the value of each individual's personal experience on the spiritual path and in life, and how being present to that experience is the gift that each of us gives uh, back to the other, to each other. Because her capacity, Joe's capacity to remain present in this transformational moment, which she'll share with you here, and then to retell that story for me to hear really does give me the strength to retell my stories and to see the value in my being present to each of my hurdles, challenges, triumphs, victories, mistakes, understandings and uh, evolution so this conversation has a nice easy pace we were just coming off uh, a a week long retreat on Maui for the Ramdas spring retreat and so i hope that you uh, will take some time with this here and enjoy listening and possibly relating and seeing the benefit of your own individual wisdom. Each uh, moment that we get to have our own insight into the experience of becoming, the experience of awakening, the experience of being present to the now is uh, so valuable to the greater good, to the whole. And no, um, experiences is too small or insignificant to be of benefit to the rest of us. So please, uh, enjoy this conversation. And remember to subscribe to the Shakti Hour on iTunes. And thanks very much for listening. Welcome to the Shakti Hour. This is Melanie, and I'm here on the Be Here Now Network, live from Maui, with Joe Tatsula, a wonderful yoga teacher who I discovered on Yoga Glow several years ago, and... We're going to just take a minute um, to talk and, and get to know each other. Wonderful. Yeah. And I just learned um, that, that Joe and her husband just moved to Maui this year.
1: Okay. We did, yeah, in February. Yeah. We've been here about five or so times, popping in and out, visiting Ram Das and um, coming on retreat and whatnot. And then it just occurred to us, well, why don't we just stay here? You know, why are we making it such a priority to to come here, spend time here, trying to organize when we can just really just move here? And uh, when we said it out aloud, it felt so good. You know, it was a it was a yes moment of like, yeah, clearly. I want to say that Ramdas is a big part of that. I feel such a heart connection with him. And with his, um, the people who are in his life, I find them so loving, genuine. And I, and and Stu, my husband and Soleil, we want to be a part of that. We want to add to that. And also, um, I have a connection with Polynesia. My dad was born in Fiji. So that's a little connect there and I've always been drawn to the Polynesian culture felt um just felt really aligned to that lineage. So it feels it feels like an ancestral um cyclical thing that I'm I'm carrying on here. Yeah.
0: So just to back up a bit how did you come into uh, practicing yoga. This is my 20-year
1: anniversary for Yay. practicing yoga. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want to say that. Um, so I was in my 20s, but it had been on my mind for years that it was something that I should do. And I really just thought, no, I'll come back to that. No, I don't really have the time. And. The time was right. I was working in the film industry and I was, um, you know, really um, threw myself in completely, had no life outside of film and it was very, very stressful. And uh, I walked into a yoga studio because I just thought I need something and I knew that yoga could be that thing to help me just how how did you know
0: that? Did you do you know how you knew that? Were you exposed to it before or
1: No, I don't know how I knew that. Um I was not exposed to yoga before that. I grew up in a very remote mining town in um the middle of the desert in Australia, so with no television and no anything <laughs> there was no there was a dirt road going to the town and you know a very small town so um, so we we didn't have a lot out there obviously but um, my mom and dad gave me the gift of not giving me any answers to life not giving me any religion or any any containers of which I could make sense of things it was always well just find out for yourself find out for yourself whatever you think it is so that I think ignited a real um, seeker spirit in me because I thought yeah I want to find out what this is and so somehow I must have attached yoga with a way you know a a path of finding out what life is because I had um, you know I had dabbled in Christianity I um, enrolled myself into Sunday school even though I wasn't baptized and the nuns allowed me to because I was very um, um, studious and um, very keen you know and uh, I did that for a few things of trying to um, you know find out the path and then and maybe it was an old memory a past life thing I don't know but um, but yoga was calling and my first class even though I can't really remember um, the details about it I remember the feeling of being at peace in my body and in my mind and uh, from day one I became completely um, devoted to the practice
0: Wow. Do you think that you knew that because you had tried to doing these other things? Or do you think it was the, the contrast from your film life was so drastic to when you got into the class? Or
1: Yeah, I think that was a big part of it. I think also that um, I had never really felt peaceful in my own body. And I had never really felt that my body was sacred in any way. I inherited a lot of negative body issues. Um, you know, my mom, who was just gorgeous, had, had an internal dialogue of like, you know, oh, I can't eat this. And, oh, I don't fit into this. And I, I think I just inherited that. And, um, and it was all around that that type of negative self-talk was all around um, in my friends and, you know, what I was hearing on the street. So, so it was very radical to have an experience of being at peace with my body and being in awe of my body and having something switched on that there's something to explore inside not outside and all of those things along with the stressful um life on film i think was what um really brought it home for me of like this is a worthwhile practice
0: i love this story it's there's two things that come up for me listening to that one it's that it's kind of like that um you find love when you're when you're last looking for it yeah because it, it, it because it was so potent you know Oh, maybe I'll try yoga, but because it was so potent, this potent moment, like really sat in you. And then I also just love that, um, you were given this capacity to find for yourself from your family, the way you were describing that so that you would even be able to tune to that within yourself. I mean, that's actually a really profound teaching.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a gift of freedom spiritual freedom and alongside with that um, freedom to be a seeker that freedom like like it was a um, almost almost like a challenge you know if you, if you want to find out the meaning of life you go out and find it you know and that really that really struck a chord with me and all but also um, in that environment um, there was a uh, Uh, a presence of the Indigenous community out there, the Australian Aboriginals. And at that time, um, a lot of the community was still uh, um, living outdoors, camping. And there happened to be a camp uh, right across the road from our house. And um, they would have a campfire every night and and they would do, you know, ceremony and songs and dancing. And that, I... uh, I grew up with that, not knowing how special that was. That was very ordinary. But now coming into yoga and, um, you know, even in, in this retreat setting um, in, in the, in the Bhakti spirit, that, um, that coming together and the ceremony and uh, song together reminds me of that of that time in my childhood of of how important that is how important the community coming together is how important it is to um to
0: hold each other up yeah and so that that makes sense to me now and your your willingness to move to be close to that yeah especially with your with your cute little daughter she's so beautiful to offer that possibility, yeah, for her to experience as well
1: yeah she's um i'm I'm really excited for her life because she's seen some amazing things, and she's only three, yeah you know <laughs> she's um she's um you know swam in the pool and laughed and played with Ram Das and she's um been to Rishikesh, you know, when she was one, and uh, you know she's um, and she's really, she seems really smart and has it all together at three, <laughs> so I'm pretty I'm pretty excited um, for her life, and those lessons that my parents gave me of like trying not to indoctrinate her too strongly into any one thing because I realize that my beliefs, uh, my knowledge is limited also. You know, even though I have been practicing yoga for 20 years and have done a lot of seeking, a lot of journeying, um, I really, I I still have no idea what life is about. I suspect it has a lot to do with love. Um, That is, um, that was a gift that was given to me when my mum died. I, um, she wanted to die at home, but I wasn't able to keep her at home. Um, it was just too hard. So I, um, I put her in hospice and she, she, it was two weeks in the hospice before she passed away. But so, but so I wasn't with her all the time. And so I said to the staff, like, please, if you think she's going to, to pass, can you call me? So, um, I got a call at like 1am The staff said you know I think I think she's close so I got in the car and I, I sped to her and I was um, singing mantra trying to like you know stay connected to, with my heart open be brave you know bring with me all my tools and as soon as I um, got into the room with her I felt uh, you know I, f- I felt a bit removed from what was actually going on and I was looking at her struggling to breathe and I was thinking is this her last breath, is this her last breath and then it dawned on me that like I'm not breathing with her, I'm just looking at her thinking in my own mind which is the exact opposite of what I wanted to be there for so, so I got up in bed with her and I curled up and I cuddled her and as she took a breath I took a breath and we just breathed together and I just focused on the love I just focused on the love not the fear I focused on the love and and that took me into just a recurring mantra saying there's only love, there's only love like this, this the, the, the love is real This love is real. There's only love. There's only love. And then a nurse walked in and she she said, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I hadn't realized that mum had passed away because I was still in the love that never went away. And that was an awakening teaching for me of like, that love was real. She went, but the love didn't go. And that was as strong as ever. So, so, and that, that was all, that was all there was to focus on in that moment. So I suspect that that is what life is about and Mm. what is the real currency
0: of life. Yeah. That is, um, incredibly moving story. And, um. So practical in a way, too, that the, the experience of that, the mantra, the chanting, all the work that had come up to that, and not even that you necessarily were thinking ever that I'm working towards this moment, but that that surrender into that in that physical moment was able to communicate that truth. Yeah. To you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it, you know, I've s- experienced that feeling. I'm sure you had experienced that feeling before. But to really literally embrace it. Yeah, embrace the knowing.
1: Yeah, it was profound. It was profound. Yeah. It was such a highlighted experience of that moment I was in my head and I was in a complete state of fear and detachment the moment that I got out of my head and connected to my heart I was completely present and in the loving realm in in you know
0: in the eternal
1: in the eternal, in the eternal where where death does it, it doesn't matter because it goes beyond death so that was that was. Um, in fact, that whole year I was so profound because in the um, within eight months, I experienced my daughter's first breath and my mother's last breath, and to to have have those polar experiences in such a short amount of time. Uh, blew my head off <laughs> in in a way that indoctrinated me so deeply into life and what life is about that I'm still trying to um put it into words and apply it but I know that through that there's been some fundamental shifts
0: yeah and um so it uh, Ramdas is a great place to hold that experience yeah story that you're telling now and that understanding um this would be a great place to be able to match that yeah and allow it to integrate in in a way that that wouldn't have to dilute it or wouldn't even have to be explained
1: absolutely yeah no matter what question you ask Ramdas. um you know, for, for for the times that I've been with him, he, it always circles back to I am loving awareness. Um, and his love for his guru, Maharaji, and you can't you can't ask him a question that doesn't take him back to that place. So I I feel I feel that place that I experienced. With my mom, you know, with my daughter i i I feel like he's living that a lot of the time, in fact,
0: most of the time, yeah yeah, right, and how nice you know and how nice to be able to be around it um, as it's settling into your cells and into your work I mean it, it just it's striking me in hearing the story for the first time that you know how this is going to come into your work and you were just saying how you're going to talk about it and how it's going to how you're going to live it yeah and um and being supported while while coming to terms with that or coming into that expression yeah is is super yeah
1: that has been a a it's been a big thing actually um because i am a teacher And um, I've been teaching for quite a long time. And so I have a certain way of uh, explaining things and breaking things down. But I did feel like when uh, I started teaching after, um, after my mom passed away, that not that I was lost for words, but things were coming out completely different and it was as though i didn't even know my own practice it was as though something completely new was coming out and a lot of things that i thought as staple i had to throw aside because they were no longer relevant
0: i had an experience like that when i after i did my retreat uh, with ramdas i went back to new york to to do a class and i'd been doing classes at this at this little shop that my friend had in the East Village. And um, I went in to do the class and everybody was excited to come to class because I had just been with Ram Das, you know. And I went in and it was literally like, I had, you know, four left feet because <laughs> everything I was I was trying to say, it was come and it, it just totally bombed. And yeah. it's at a certain point. <laughs> i was like people were leaving which has never <laughs> happened to me before you know and i and I, I just was like i you know was in my heart and ramdas just give it to maharaji and i was like oh this isn't mine anymore not that i was thinking that i was holding it like that but this isn't mine to to give that's right yeah yeah that's right and it, i i love it and it that whole thing ended with uh, a young a young girl my friend's daughter came in and and um drawing hearts and putting butterflies on the heart i mean she was the only person i could relate to in that moment <laughs> you know, all the other you know wonderfully talented smart sophisticated new york women you know that was i couldn't communicate with them yet
1: right and the people who want to hear, hear that message are, a, a, you know, are in a different stage in their practice. So there is, a, there is definitely a shift in um, who comes to your class and who doesn't anymore because you, can't, you can no longer play the game
0: that you were playing before because it's not relevant and it's not truthful. Right, which is so nice you know, just in thinking of all the different teachers that there are and the value of that yeah you know because um I didn't I wasn't put on notice that that was going to shift you know I didn't I didn't know that I was going to sit down and suddenly have a different point of view (laughs) and not be able to speak but um I do think that uh it's um it really is a, it really is magical in this way and um i love that aspect also of ramdas's teaching when he's been asked about maharaji and people have called him out and said that's well that's your your imagination you're using your imagination and he says yes yes i am <laughs> right <laughs> yes i am using my imagination and i i just love that playfulness and that capacity to to be okay with the the mystery of it
1: right Right. absolutely and it's you know we're only all of us here are are only surmising what we think is you know life is about and how it happens and what happens next because who who really knows no one knows so to stay in the mystery is a wonderful thing and also to not to take yourself so seriously because i mean you what you were what you were yabbering on about you know a couple of years ago it was definitely truthful at the time but but even truth shifts as As things change as you know as life evolves as you grow your truth then is not your truth now, so so you you have to you you can't take yourself seriously because you know you know in a couple of years you're going to be onto to something else you know and and look back at yourself and think, "Oh, I knew nothing.
0: <laughs> I was so naive well, can you say more about that because you know I think if I was listening to this and and hearing that story, you would think that that is the most profound experience. And and uh, Duncan was just sharing that uh, in the satsang earlier about, oh, I had this amazing experience of meditation, da 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 and then I kept wanting to get back. Right. I kept wanting to get back right. to that. So can you speak about how that's, unfolded for you since then or if you've had that kind of what kind of relationship you've had with that moment
1: yeah I um I think I don't think of that moment as limiting I think of that moment as a gift and a blessing and I would never want to go through that again or replicate that because that was catastrophically heart-shattering my world became untied. The bubble burst. the bubble uh, that my mum and dad put around me, and that life that burst. So life was this big thing without them. So it's not that um, it's not that I would ever want to recreate that at all. Um, but, what it did do is awaken me to the fact that, you know, every moment things like that are happening for people. Every every moment, you know, this moment right now someone is having an, an enlightened epiphany of some sort, some sort of download, some sort of miracle, you know. And um, if you can be open to hearing other people's stories, if you can be open to sharing your own story, you know you start to get a bit more of the puzzle. But if you if you're um, defined by it and closed down by it or limited by it, then then yes, that's a problem but but I see I, I think of it as a blessing and I and I and it makes me even more, curious about life and even more curious about other people's experiences and you know listening to listening to people talk who who have something real to say
0: yeah it's a it's like I was getting the image of like a shooting star so there's all these different shooting stars it, it's not all just one shooting star right right that's right and they have their and um, all those different moments and, and uh, ha- you know, have yours. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, then, and then you can also sit back and, and see that reflected in these other shooting stars. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be the same thing. That's So right. you don't have to hold on to the trail. Yeah. <laughs> try and ride with it. To, I don't even know where shooting stars go or what that phenomenon is Yeah, uh, scientifically. But um, I love that idea that you can just uh, uh, witness bear witness to, witness or listen to, hear it reflected in another miracle or yeah. in another blessing.
1: I find, I love hearing people's stories of awakening. I love hearing those magical moments because it just um, ignites the flame even more of, 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 of the mystery that this is and and how limitless... The possibilities are for things happening Hmm. yeah
0: so this i the the idea of surrender back to you're standing at the threshold to the door Mm. of the or the threshold to the bed or i see you at the door Mm -hmm. you're probably in the room already yeah and you had done your practice on the way in somewhere you exited into the mind yeah do you know what happened? Do you know what happened that brought you into the heart? Do you know what awakened you to that? Mm.
1: Oh, what a beautiful question! Thank you. I, ha- I haven't thought of that. Um, it could have been grace. Would be my first answer. Um, it could have been the thousands of hours that I've spent bringing myself back from you know my thoughts to my breath and those moments those small little moments of awakening it it could be that it could be that that just the practice just the muscle that practice and
0: cellular memory of the practice
1: that practice of coming back mm-hmm. that practice of realizing oh i've i've gone i've gone somewhere i'm not here you know this this is important and obviously for things like birth and death um uh you are present you 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 know but in 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 life um mundane day-to-day stuff it's not exciting so so it's very easy to fantasize about other things Mm -hmm. but the practice i think helps us in those catastrophic moments in those catastrophic moments so you don't miss it you know you've got one chance of your child being born you've got one chance of your parent dying to be there
0: yeah
1: you've got you you don't get to redo it so it's a worthwhile practice so that whatever comes your way in life the big things the important things you're there you're
0: there for it right that is a great plug for practice. You're <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> you know because it's a at a certain point your practice can actually become just a habit. True. In some in some kind of a way. Yeah. Now not a terrible habit to shift from the head to the heart. But there's something else that's behind that that's keeping that alive and present. Yeah. Um Do you have any experience with that or does that...
1: Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, For example, when when I had a life where it was just me and I had no real big responsibilities, I could do a two-hour yoga practice in the morning and then I could, you know, read some... Classical texts on philosophy, or you know, study some anatomy, or whatever, and I had all of that space. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it, but when when um, when things really went down, I I had to let go of my practice because I didn't have that time, and it became. The essentials of like, I just need to be grounded at this moment and not lose my call, cool, um, as everything goes to chaos. So, so then it becomes a real life practice of what can I do to ground in this moment, you know? Okay, I'm gonna take a few deep breaths, I can do that, you know. So, um,
0: so yes, and what are some things that you do, like just some practical things that you would say that would be. How can I get grounded in this moment?
1: One thing that I used to do was yeah. called feet in the earth, hands in the sky. So I'd take my shoes off, I would go outside, I would stand barefoot on the earth and I'd reach my hands up to the sky and I'd take a few breaths. And I found that that was both grounding, centering, opening, you know, all at once um, that was fantastic. I would um, play mantra. So even if I wasn't just um, able to do that myself, I would just have that on in the background. That
0: would just some sort of recording. Some of sort
1: of recording that would just keep keep my mind circling back to what's important. Um, but yeah, that, that, that too easy. You know, But definitely the feet in the earth, hands in the sky. Yeah, that's a great one. I, I did that a lot. And
0: a few deep breaths. There were three. Yeah. A few deep breaths. A few deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, the, and having some sort of reminder.
1: Having some sort of reminder. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because in times where things are really uncertain, uh, fear takes over. And that is in the realm of the mind. And you can... Get taken so far into the, into the fear that that you don't need to go there. You know, yes, at a certain point, for example, um, you know, if a loved one is is ill, you you may have to face that. But at that time, it's not happening. So at that time, you know, just be with what is. Be with what is.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I found that, um, you know, now that I have some space and I can do a long yoga practice, I have a little bit more context for it. I know that like, wow, I really needed this stuff. You know, I I really need, this is important. Um, And and so I, I cherish it even more. So it has not gone back to being...
0: A routine thing for me. I I I really do cherish it. Right. So it's not the the habit or the routine, is maybe just a part of the practice. Yeah, is part of again building that muscle memory and, and yeah. structure. Yeah, and yeah, in, at any given moment there will be some kind of chaos or some kind of uncertainty. Yeah, that you know, could serve. I mean, could serve as a test, but can serve as an opportunity to engage that and see I mean I know Ram Dass tells that story about um, failing the test of having his stroke and he didn't think of God when he was about to die right you know? right <laughs> and he's like I failed the test you know um, which is such a beautiful part of his story and mm-hmm. him as a teacher yeah and listening to you here now, you know, following this retreat, you know, your story as a teacher, these moments are presented for your teaching. Yeah. And so, um, I love that in the same analogy with this, the shooting star that that being present for your moments is your offering to the world.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's, that's as complicated as, you know, the Hindi pantheon of deities and, you know, it, it, it's a chaotic realm. But what it does offer is um, is that reminder that this moment is the only moment, and that and that really all of the other things are are pointers, are just pointing you back here to the moment, you know, way of explaining. Our humanity, way of explaining different experiences, way of explaining, you know, the craziness that this whole thing is, but all pointing back to th- th- that it's not a um, rehearsal. Th- this it's a one-time thing. Right. <laughs> this is it. Pay attention. This is
0: the moment. This is the moment. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. It feels to me that that is a very fluid perception, and and you know just talking a bit about the the feminine and and in this flow of the life cycle mm-hmm. from mother to mother to daughter, yeah, mother to daughter, yeah, mother mm. to daughter. Um, I feel like most of the spiritual teachings at their core come to that but a lot of the ways of getting there are um a b c d e f Mm -hmm. g right (laughs) gold star yeah h i j k two gold stars and um yeah can you speak to anything about that yeah yeah
1: i can um before my mum was ill, I had a thought that I wanted to explore the divine feminine, the divine mother, like what what is this f- feminine force we call mother? And I had gotten into um shamanic um, practices and um spent a bit of time in peru and really um really thought that i wanted to explore that and when i look back now i laugh because i i was so naive you know thinking oh the divine mother I want to I want to explore that what what that is you know <laughs> so I can so I can teach about it in my classes and you know and everyone will be happy but um <laughs> but what I re- but what I realized you know that that d- div- that divine feminine energy that is the creation that is the birth you know that is the um and me trying to um, nurture my baby and nurture my mum, you know the the preserver, but then ultimately the destructive force, you know the Kali and, and the and the death and that that is the journey of the feminine is to stand at those two portals, to be present, to go through it, to bear witness. So I discovered, I discovered that. You know, um, even though I lost my mother, now I'm the mother. I am the mother. And my lofty goals of, like, wanting to get to know the divine feminine, like, just look at my life. (laughs) That is the divine feminine, Mm -hmm. you know, that birth, that creation, that experience of giving birth, that holding your baby, that... Um, you know, feeding your baby that first breath, and then all the way through to the you know your heart ripping out of your chest, d- d- saying goodbye to your own mother and and trying to make sense of that and being present for that like that that is the whole that is the whole journey of the feminine, mm. and it's quite something to stand in that and it, it's quite something um. You know, I imagine for my partner to have experienced me going through you know so so now, when I talk about the divine feminine or I hear about that, I have a lot of reverence, and I also have a lot of um not caution but just a um just some space around how powerful
0: that is. I, I um. I think of, of Mount Haleakala as the, as that expression of that. You know, right. that the island itself, you know, is, is alive. Mm-hmm. Has been created from this beast. <laughs> this, you know, this Mother Earth, right, right yeah. there, and you don't know what the weather is going to be like up there. You don't know what it's what is going to be happening up there. You know, because yeah. it has its own chaotic creative flow vortex of energy i mean it's such a powerful expression of that Mm. and i think um i think personally the the idea of parsing out feminine and masculine or parsing out the divine feminine from femininity, mm-hmm. or from womanhood, or from girlhood, is a bit foolish, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so what you're saying is, is true, that we're, you know, we're living in, we're, that is the, that is it.
1: That's the experience, and it's absolutely not to say that, um, that, you know, we are, if you're born a female, you just have a female, uh, perspective or experience of life that's not true I mean we all have a made of both aspects um, both energies coming together I mean the the whole creation of a baby is male and the female coming together and that unity and in, um, in yoga talk a lot about the um, the masculine and the feminine aspects of energy the ida and pingala nadis and the shishumna being being the coming together so so it's not to say that you um that it's void of mask masculine experience or or perspective but it's also um stating the obvious of like when you're a woman you there are certain things that you do that you don't do if you if you're a man and definitely the one of um giving birth definitely the one of being in sync with nature having a moon cycle you know that that bleeding every month you know that that sort of that sort of thing is a is it's a powerful thing it's 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 a powerful thing and um and i and i think should be celebrated a bit more or talked about a bit more or brought into conversation a bit more because that voice has um has been lost
0: yeah it's just even as we're sitting here talking about it and or trying to talk about it or it just feels like it is what we are uncovering mm-hmm. kind of right now in our, in our consciousness and somehow whether or not there is some other time when that understanding was more present, you know, I don't know when that would have been. Mm-hmm. And we looked at like, you know, we look to other cultures to find, to find that. Um, and it's there, and it's it's in our it's in our own culture as well. But um, it's such a vast a vast subject, and um, something that it maybe is why <laughs> it has been you know, silenced, mm-hmm. and that it doesn't have a, a or or doesn't yet have a voice. A literal presentation. Mm-hmm. There's a the way of hold, holding that experience, or the way of talking about that experience, or the way of um, communicating in in terms of teaching or sharing that experience is potentially not in language, even <laughs> or in our in the structures that we have available to us right now um developed in a way that we can share it. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs>
1: absolutely. There I think um you know there are, are a small select group of people who have had the luxury of um being born into a place where there is um you know, somewhat equal rights and, um, you know, opportunities. But uh, we can easily forget that that is definitely not the situation for many women on the planet today. And uh, just going back a few decades, um, that was definitely not the case. So, um you know not that i want to um beat anyone down or anything or um but i i think that um i think that there needs to be there there is space for that reminder of like okay these stories have not been told for a long time in in a big way and that it is an important thing to do to get together and to talk about um, about everything that a woman a woman goes through, and um, you know, bringing bringing back into normalcy, um, talking about women's cycles, or um, you know, God forbid, breastfeeding in public, or um, you, you know. Mm-hmm yeah well, all of those thi- all of those things um that have a, some a lot of shame attached to them or um dirtiness or insignificance and i think having more open conversations brings more um brings more balance more normality to those
0: to those very real topics yeah and it's just more more stories yeah <laughs> more authentic I feel like <laughs> I true. rambled stories on a bit there <laughs> well but no but you know <laughs> what know what that's what I'm saying is I feel like this is the conversation that's beginning mm. is and and that's part of the question behind the my desire for the podcast is you know, partially, do, do we need to talk about the it itself? Or mm. is, it, is it good to just um, begin to explore our own experiences and, and sharing them more and more? More and more voices uh, sharing our personal experience um, on the spiritual path, our personal experiences in life, you know, to, to um, humanize the feminine yeah maybe maybe the divine feminine yes. is not what we need to maybe we need to first humanize the feminine and then then we can we can uh, you know worry about getting connected to the divine yeah aspects of yes
1: it. yes humanize and not demonize yeah yeah mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
0: so okay so now you're here on maui and um you're you're starting to write about this yeah and um um, what do you what do you have in, in your teaching right now that you're that you're seeing seeing with people you work with or or just feeling yourself that you think is a a piece of guidance or a piece of advice that maybe you might offer to to women and girls on the spiritual path?
1: Mm. All of the great teachers that I love and um, have gotten great life guidance from have always pointed me back to myself to my own heart and I I would want to offer that to any um, young girls out there who are on the path and there are so many different voices and um, so many people talking with authority about lots of different things. But um, just to ask that basic question of are you being empowered through that teaching? Is that teaching helping you to make the transition from your head to your heart? And if it is, Yes, that is a worthwhile thing to explore. And if it's not, it could be good information. But ultimately, um, you know, that's not that's not the real thing. The real thing is is hidden in plain sight.
0: Right. It's interesting in a variety of ways when I ask that question of women that it it's directed oftentimes being directed back to the to the self or mm-hmm. back to the heart in some kind of way and i just noticed i just realized it now that even that is part of the story it's part of the healing of the story in that um uh that that's such a needed point of view yeah uh, for for women yeah, I, even at this moment in twenty seventeen. Yeah, absolutely. Wait a minute. What is it? Who like who? Who's here? Yeah. W- what was it what I was doing again? <laughs> you know. Yeah. W- where was I going? Yeah. And and I love uh, all the stories that you shared about your own life too. In that there's so much caretaking and nurturing in these stories that you shared today, but all of that was grounded through this continuing to turn back inward.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and that that has been the most empowering thing is that, um, you know, I think Lama Suriadas was saying this a lot last year and I've been echoing it ever since, is like uh, you do a lot of seeking but at one point in time you have to do some finding. And. That spoke so beautifully to me at the time where I thought, you know, you're right. I've done so much seeking. I have been around the world again and again and again and chasing after different teachings and teachers. But ultimately, you know, when I really needed it, I came back to myself and to my own heart. And that's when the real awakening happened. And that was empowering that it's 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 not out of your grasp it's right there and yes we may need guidance and tools on how to remove some of the distraction so that we can really be with that um deep place inside and, and that's um helpful but but ultimately you know it comes from within the the every source of love and happiness that you experience in your life, it doesn't come from anywhere else. You generate it yourself and to, to have that
0: introspection of where, where's that coming from? And to accept that responsibility, Mm. which I think also is a feminine or a feminist (laughs) potentially issue of, um, the, I'm just gonna go there, the patriarchal, <laughs> you know, um, dispossession of the power of the, the female. So, you know, up until it's still going on now, but up until very recently, the woman found her power through whatever man mm-hmm. was in her life. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's culturally like the momentum behind that is way <laughs> is 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 already blasting forward. Right? Yes. So this coming back into to generating your own happiness, your own reward, your own power. Yeah. Um, and that it's already there. It's
1: already there. Yeah. And uh, th- the simplicity of it is that you don't need to buy anything. You don't need to read anything. You don't need to wear any particular clothes, you know, um, It's, it's, it's already there. It's already there. You don't need anything. It's so simple.
0: Right. And you're, you're a great teacher for that because you were given that opportunity. You were empowered to be self-empowered. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which really is a gift. Yeah. 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 Well, I, uh, this was great. I'm so glad that, um, you were here thank you so much yeah. thank you for um coming up to me in the
1: line that wa- i really um that was wonderful yeah. it's not often that i get to like i was saying to you um i often teach over the internet so a lot of people who take my class i i would never know until someone comes right. up to me <laughs> and says hey
0: right yes i've studied with you, yeah. you know, for years yeah <laughs> we've never met <laughs> yeah Yeah, so that is a great reminder. You can find Jo on on Yoga Glow. Yoga Glow, yep. Yoga com. Lots of wonderful new and archived classes there. And she's here on Maui. And I think you teach a couple times a week here in Maui. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've just started teaching a little bit here. And also um, I split my time between here and um, Perth in Australia. So, um, So if anyone is in Maui or in Perth, you can go to my website at joetestula.com
0: great and you can find her there and uh we'll have links to that on the shakti hour page thanks so much again joe thank you so much lovely speaking with you. you
1: you too
0: From Ramdas to Sharon Salzberg, Be Here Now Network is home
1: to over 17 amazing podcasts. But we can't do it without your continued support. Donate at beherenownetwork.com/fundraiser to receive an exclusive gift and help us continue to deliver over 5 fresh podcasts each week.